do, do not, not adjust, adjust your computer, computer screen. screen. If, if your mind were changing, stories set to a theme, think outside. Universe Box. Let me tell you a little story about CZT, a game that meant a lot to me. The unique thing about it, we can agree, is the power unleashed when you hit the E. An editor, have fun, I can make my own games. Shame I'm so bad at giving things names. The creations I made gave my creative side flames. In a small web community, I even had mild fame. We use the ASCII character set to represent the player, enemies, and pets. Mathematical symbols became epic threats. Well as epic as DOS was likely to get, I was a boy stuck alone with America Online. Making bad games and avoiding sunshine, the friends that I made became my hotline. We even talked about our real lives sometimes. ZZT showed me what the internet could be, a portal to out there, and a fertile community. From the heavens to your ears, this is Universe Box, and we gotta go back in time. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And welcome to our second episode, Retro Tech. Woohoo! We made another one. Are you excited to go back in time? Time. I am ready to go back in time. I I, I always say back in time. I think we all do. Yeah, you should. You should. It's required. It it is appropriate. Okay, so uh, what's in the box today? Like I said, uh, this week we're talking about retro tech. We'll open up the toolbox and show you some cool resources to access the the old wide web. Next, we'll explore gadgets and games in the game box. We'll argue for and against the modern web and soapbox. And finally, we'll talk to the digital Jesuit himself, Father Robert Balliser, SJ, in Phone Box. Phone Box. A packed episode. Very packed. <clears throat> very, very um, informative Yeah, episode. And, and my voice is already failing me, so. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Which is good. Let's get through the toolbox first, then, because I don't know that stuff. Yeah, let's go ahead and look into the toolbox. So, uh, what we're doing for the toolbox today, you know, the, the theme is retro technology. I thought it would be a good idea to show you guys some tools you can use to explore uh, the, the web as it used to be, as it was when I was coming up, back when I was playing ZZT, like I mentioned in the intro video there. But uh, let's see here. Uh, we have uh, four sites to talk to you about today. The first one is the Wayback Machine. The Wayback on, Machine? Yeah, on archive.org. Uh, now, the Wayback Machine is an archive of the web from the 90s through today. Basically, they go to almost every website every day mm-hmm. and take a snapshot of it. And and so you can go there and uh, you can type in the web address. Then you'll have a list of the dates that you can select from. So basically, if you want to look what see what Yahoo looked like back in 1998 mm-hmm. – Real simple. Just hit up the Wayback Machine and you'll find it. I know that can be That's found. That's kind of entertaining. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's completely entertaining. It's a lot of fun. I, I always I go there and look up old websites of mine and stuff sometimes, <laughs> you know, when I'm feeling uh, sycophantic uh, to, to my younger self, which is weird. Okay. Oh. And you can get that at archive.org slash web. And the links will, for this will be in the show notes at universebox.com too for all of these uh, cool tools. The next up is a Google Groups uh, search. Uh, Now, if you don't know what Usenet was, Usenet was basically an online message board, uh, like a forum, back before the web existed. It was text only, and uh, it started out, you know, uh, college students talking to college students on ARPNET or whatever, but but then it became a a really fertile uh, community for people to, you know, talk about Animaniacs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, uh, what Google Groups search is, is uh, they've they've, uh, archived all of the Usenet post from pretty much history, all of history. And uh, so you can find tons of original content about your favorite subjects, like I mentioned, TV shows, movies, stuff like that. Uh, for example, uh, you can go on there and you can search through the Doctor uh, Doctor Who news group mm-hmm. and find posts from Stephen Moffat back when he was just a fanboy theorizing <gasps> on forums and stuff. In, in fact, I believe some of the stuff from uh, Matt Smith's last season, like the thematic from stuff. There? Yeah, like the name and everything, like that, he, he had big post about that on the Doctor Who news News group back so in the he'd day. been plotting that stuff for yeah, and many moons. If you're watching the video, which we record live every uh, Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. EST at youtube.universebox.com, you'll even see I found a post of mine on the Weird Al use news group from 1998, of course. which is a lot of fun. But you can get that at uh, groups.google.com slash forum. 
Okay, next up is Ooh Cities, <laughs> which is a – and there are several of these. So if, if you can't find what you're looking for here, you can look elsewhere. But basically, uh, this is an archive of GeoCities pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, GeoCities was one of the first websites that let people create their own website free of charge. Uh, Yahoo shut the servers down a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, which was sad because, you know, that's a big part of Internet history that kind of went – in Internet Archive, I don't think they, they – They didn't do that one? Well, the Wayback Machine uh, site owner can disallow them oh. from from backing up the site and I believe that GeoCities was set up like that so Shocking. there was no archive on GeoCities uh, or on the Wayback Machine uh, but the team at Ooh City Ooh Cities Ooh. and a couple of other uh, <laughs> archives like this saved as much as possible they went in the last week or so it was open and downloaded everything and I, I've been able to find my old websites here you can go and find your dad's first website it was probably about Marcy's Playground like Marcy's Playground super Marcy? no Marcy's Playground Playground. Oh. Marcy Playground. Dad, Marcy Playground? Though? Like, really? Like, I'd have... I, I... Depends on how old you are, I guess. I mean, I mean, I guess. If your dad was in high school like I was back in the late 90s. Oh, so you're... Oh, you're talking to the younger crowd then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking to the youth of America. So you're speaking to the <laughs> seven-year-olds of America. Yeah. But you can find that at www.oocities.org. And uh, our last uh, little tool resource here is the Internet Fact Archives. Uh, now, uh, like we were talking about Usenet a couple mm-hmm. minutes ago, I, and a lot of times, you know how when you go into a forum these days, they'll have like a sticky post with like... Uh, Your FAQs. Yeah, FAQs, free, facts, free, frequently asked questions. Uh, well, Usenet uh, news groups had a similar thing where they would have like a text post mm-hmm. that would answer all sorts, any basic question you would have about the subject matter. Now, a, a lot of these for specialized fields like i don't know uh science or mathematics or something like that you know a lot of that information might be might be outdated but for you know if you're looking for information about a tv show or a book series or something like that a lot of these facts that they still have available in this archive for different usenet groups or still have a lot of relevant information and if nothing else it can give you kind of kind of a peek into what was important to the majority of newcomers to a community for x topic uh back in 1990 96 or whatever. <laughs> uh, but you can find that at www.faxfaqs.org slash faxfaqs. FAQS.org. So that does it for the toolbox. We already made it through the toolbox. Did you even show them the toolbox? <laughs> you didn't really give me time to do things go like ahead, that. Go ahead Hold and wait, show wait, them the Because first there has to be. Yeah, you have to show them the universe box. Okay, okay. First, there's the universe there's box. The universe box. This is all a work mm. in progress. Yeah, we're still. It's it's very conceptual. We're still working out the details. <laughs> like I'm playing but, uh, oh, 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 that's that's fine. Let's just. Okay, uh, well, there's the there's toolbox. The tool box. <laughs> Apparently, okay. I'm short of boxes. <laughs> so, so what's our next box our coming next up here? Box coming up is hilarious. If I recall. <laughs> Work I in swear progress, next perhaps. week will be better. We, we'll get it fixed up by next week. No problem. Well, let's not make that promise. Well, the audio yeah. listeners probably like the... Stuff. The soapbox. The soapbox, where we argue uh, for and against and Something. around a particular topic. Uh, so this week, our topic of choice is the internet. Better now or, or then. then? So uh, we're going to go, and I guess I'll go do, first. Do you want to do 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 Yeah, we can do do-do-do. I will be taking the position of the internet was better then... And obviously, then being like the '90s, and obviously, I think it's better now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you want to go first with your first point? Okay, sure, I can go first. Yeah, it's faster. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit there and kick somebody off the phone or pray that nobody gets on the <laughs> phone or that nobody calls you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things actually load in a timely fashion. You don't have to, like, you load the web page, to... walk across the room, go get your drink, get a <laughs> snack, come back. It's halfway loaded. So, you know, that's nice. See, what I would always do is I would load up, like, 20 tabs full of Lois and you Clark fan fiction. You still do 20 tabs of and then, Lois and Clark <laughs> fan fiction. <laughs> and then let them load and come back a few minutes later. And also, you you always had to hit star six, seven when you were dialing up. Your ISP, or you get kicked off by call waiting. Yeah, well, see, we didn't Which have was... call waiting. We uh, okay, we weren't that cool. Well, that, that's one way to avoid the issue entirely, right? But okay. Uh, so, as for me, uh, one of the reasons I think the internet was better then, being back in the '90s, was people created new content and lots of it because they wanted to, not necessarily for a profit motive, and not uh, just as a, a means to display advertisements to users. Now, I mean, obviously, we have ads on our various podcasts on our various websites and stuff the world's changed since the 90s a little bit 
But I, I think unfortunately the music's changed. Yeah, but I, I think uh, <laughs> like a lot of pretty much because people cared so much about the content they were creating, all of it was really high value, high quality. You didn't have Buzzfeeds and oh, uh, okay. top ten lists and slideshows and stuff. Mainly made to serve ads, uh, designed to serve ads, not to entertain the audience or their audience. They they can be, but they 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 don't add a lot of value. They don't add anything to the. They don't add value to your life. They add they, value to my life. Well, to the bigger overall online conversation like but not everybody's going online to learn something people are going just to be entertained we just click past the ad oh yeah yeah and i mean i definitely understand that i just think i just think it was better because uh the the content was more valuable and added more value to the conversation but let's see what's your next uh next point oh okay this is this could just be because of my age too is i on to gossip by the way Yes, I don't. <laughs> um, I feel like well, there's more to explore. It's more open mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, when when we got the internet, <laughs> we just had Prodigy. Um, and I feel like I was always sort of stuck in those chats and emails and everything on Prodigy. But again, it was kind of small, mm-hmm. so that's probably all I was allowed to do. Yeah. Um, at first, but um, you know. We, I couldn't even have AIM because we didn't have – you only could have it if you had AOL. And, By AIM, you mean AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, whatever. To clarify. For the youngsters. For the youngsters. The youngsters. <laughs> um, Yeah. I couldn't have AOL Instant Messenger mm-hmm. and I probably didn't have it till like 10th grade. Yeah. And, you know, by then everybody's a pro and I'm like, what's that mean? So yeah. I, I just – I feel like now I – you can have whatever. Nothing's mm-hmm. really like stuck. Yeah, and, and another thing too is back back in the '90s, there wasn't a big uh, Google like web spider going around and collecting websites. All of the web search engines were curated. Like mm-hmm. you had to submit your site to them, and then they had to approve it and categorize it, and this, that, and the other. Which, in a sense, was a good. In one way, was a good thing. In another way, if you were looking for something really specific or something that. Alta Vista or Yahoo didn't think was worthy of going in their web directory. You were invisible online, right? Which uh, is how is that a good? good? What's that? That's good. No, no. They, I was just talking about. I haven't oh. moved on to my point. Oh, I thought I, I was <laughs> like. No, <laughs> I, I I just figured I'd point that out for people who might not have been there like we were, man. Oh man. <laughs> okay, uh, the web was much more secure. Uh, there wasn't things like uh, scripting languages like JavaScript or Flash or or different attack vectors really online. Most web pages were text with just a few little tags in them to make you know the the text a little bigger or something like that. You couldn't even at first you couldn't even do like background colors on web pages or even put graphics in them. It was all text, and so it, that uh, reduced. The the amount of attack vectors that hackers had and you know malicious people had to get into your system mm-hmm. and now a lot of times you can circumvent these attack vectors these days with uh software like adblock block plus or ghostery and no, uh, flash block a few other uh, things like that but it, it was hard to get a virus uh when the web was mostly text ba- based which is one of the reasons i think it was better mm-hmm. okay okay she agrees there's always an answer <laughs> i don't care what question you have there's an answer for it and there's probably 17 different web websites telling you the answer like mm-hmm. my kid has x how do i take care of it what is it help me <laughs> um yeah there's going to be a ton of websites to be able to help you figure mm-hmm. out what it is and then there's going to be more that are lying to you but you can, <laughs> you're going to be able to there's options mm-hmm. There's you can actually research things without having to go to the library, which with, you know, a three year old, five year old, a six year old. It's not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. You don't I, want them hurting those books. I don't, no, I don't <laughs> want to buy all those books. Yeah, buy it, enough. And plus another benefit now, too, is that, that we're such so much more savvy as users now than people were back in the 90s that it's really easy to pick the the good stuff from you can tell the fluff. you can tell what is the good stuff mm-hmm. and versus what is the top 10 list which there's nothing wrong with the top 10 list um <laughs> or you know a slideshow or anything those are still good things mm-hmm. it just has to be done well yeah, yeah. okay uh let's see here uh, <laughs> next up uh for for my reasons why the internet is better was better then i almost said better now which ha! is like now i'm on her her side i <laughs> know uh, you were encouraged to use a fake name to have an anonymous profile uh for safety reasons and not just uh kids but adults too asl 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 <laughs> asl which was uh something you would put in uh chat rooms for age sex location to yeah. kind of determine if you were talking to a peer or somebody who was yeah, creepy because you know you couldn't lie uh, but uh th- this meant that uh using anonymous handles pretty much exclusively meant that conversations were separate from your real identity which made conversations more open since they were free from 
necessarily uh, real life consequences. You didn't have to worry about your public reputation. You could you could even go in and uh, some might consider it trolling. You could go in and take a contradictory point of view in an in a debate i i used to do this for debate class i used to go into like usenet groups and pick the opposite side of the side I, w- I was arguing to uh you know kind of strengthen my arguments and see how people fought back against it to see how i could fight back against my opponent mm. but if i if you know if i had known that uh it would be tied back to my real name i wouldn't have gone in there and argued like i don't know pro death penalty for example which was against the the opposite of the argument i was arguing so i uh, you know you were free from uh consequences for your action which can be a bad thing yeah that's not a great thing to be free from the consequences of your actions but at the same time the conversations were much higher value because people weren't afraid to speak as much and uh since everybody uh since everybody was an anonymous troll of some sort of another uh trolls had had to work uh more uh, when mounting personal attacks against specific individuals so because everyone was anonymous trolls actually had less power because you weren't going out there with your real name so they had to do some work before they could get it and start affecting your personal life. Your life was just so much more different than mine. You know what I was doing? I was hanging out <laughs> in teen chats going, hey, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I was doing plenty of no. that too and, and, and trolling AOL profiles of people I went to school with. <laughs> I don't know. I just – I, I don't like the the anonymous that I just mm-hmm. – I, I probably still used some variation of my my name mm-hmm. for a while and then I realized – or I wanted to do something creative. I, I, I did to a degree. Like I, I believe uh, my first round of usernames were, was like Bill Cool and then a number. Nice. So, Bill Cool. Bill Cool. So uh, my, uh, everyone knows my last name's cool. But, you know, I, I, I'm – not saying that a not or being held accountable for your actions online is a bad thing. I'm just saying that back then, I think the conversations were a bit more open because people were a little less afraid of it affecting them in real life, so they could be more open and honest with their opinions, which adds to the marketplace of ideas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. Bye. Is this me or you? I've this is you. I've, I'm like, I don't know where we are. Okay. This is going to get a little really soapboxy. Sorry. Okay. The spread of information is insane. Like things can go from here to everywhere in 12 minutes, basically, mm-hmm. which can be really sucktacular for some things. I'm looking at you, Bieber, because nobody <laughs> nobody should ever care about that. Mm-hmm. But it's really good to see when it's helpful information, like this whole Disneyland measles thing. These people in other states wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. You know, Disney's not going to send out a postcard to everybody who visited between this state and this state saying, hi, we've had some measles. <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. This is the only way you know if you were there during these times to keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. And it's your own fault for not getting vaccinated. So take care of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so box, vaccinate your children. No, I can definitely see that. On, on the opposite end of the spectrum, though, and this might be a little dated reference now, too. Probably. But uh, you also have situations <laughs> like, I don't know. No balloon boy where social from a few years back where social media just completely gloms onto something and goes crazy for it and makes a huge big thing out of it and then you find out it's kind of a, a oh scam that kid too. yeah yeah the kid. yeah you have all these viral scams that can happen too because information is disseminated so quickly right but i mean overall there's good and bad but mm-hmm. i mean it has that potential just to pass along information yeah. you can learn i mean mm-hmm. we can discover the cure to cancer and we're all gonna know about about it. Yeah, in, in it's not going to have to take, you know, even Joe Schmo in rural Kentucky is going to mm-hmm. know about it and can go to his doctor and go, this, this is what I need. Like, yeah. that's helpful. And I mean, even for every balloon boy, you have an Arab Spring. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, t- give and take and all that stuff. Okay, and let's see. One Another way I thought it was the internet was better back then was online communities were smaller and more like little families. Uh, yeah, I mean, they generally didn't grow to more than like there were 25 or 30 people who whose names you knew and then a, a few stragglers here and there. But they were, they were tighter knit and you felt more at home. Like I, I know like on various uh, list ser- serves and I mentioned it in that ZZT thing up top like that community i knew when i went online i could go there and have a good time and talk to my friends and and feel like tight-knit and safe without without even having any sort of like marketing message or anything pushed on me you know Mm -hmm. which i think i think today even in the tightest knit of communities uh, there's still going to be a bit of that and i mean no doubts i'm i'm guilty of that too i mean i plug my books on twitter all the time (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that though yeah that's that's mm -hmm. modern marketing that's just the way it is now I, i don't think there's anything 
immoral about that or wrong with that. I, I think that the the way it was back then, it, overall, I guess most of my points uh, boil down to adding value to the public conversation. And I, I think, you know, having smaller, tighter knit communities that were, that were a little bit more segregated from each other, I added value to the conversation, at least for that topic. But see, this way, when you have all these bigger communities, you're exposing more people to more ideas. Mm-hmm. You're able to bring that small group idea. You can have your small group. Nobody's telling you you have to have more than or more than 30 people in your community mm-hmm. um, or that you have to interact with more than 30 people. Um, but you can take those ideas that you've learned from those 20 to 30 people and take them to the masses. You mm-hmm. can take them to 2,000 people. Yeah. Like you're – you say it's adding to the conversation on the internet mm-hmm. but you're not having that conversation with the people who it's going to spread. You're not – you don't want to spread it. Mm-hmm. You want to keep it you, – you want to cluster it and not leave and I want to get my mic. <laughs> That's a soapbox, people. <laughs> soapbox. Soapbox. No, all fair points too. And, and that's what I'm I actually kind of liking about this segment because I still I still firmly believe in all my positions I have here. But you have really good points too, which I, I think it we is, still have more points. Yeah, I, I know. I, I I was just saying overall, like like I I'm really enjoying what you're bringing because you're you're not changing my mind, but you're influencing it, influence, influencing influencing it, and changing it in in subtle ways. I still think my main points are right on, but I can see your points too, and in it that's what a dialogue is about, right? We also grew up with very different internet experiences. This is true. This is which very is true. you know I'm poppy girl and you're you know programmer guy. Like yeah. that's what that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And we each had such a different experience that we still have a very different experience. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah. You have you know your communities with your ZZT people, but mm-hmm. you know I still ha- I have like five different communities that I'm still very tight with. Like now. So, oh yeah, there's definitely. that. Okay, uh, let's see here. All right, we're on to my last point. On to your last point. It keeps people connected. Mm-hmm. We live eight to twelve hours away from all of our family and if honestly if it wasn't for facebook none of them would know much about my kids Mm -hmm. none of them would see my kids no i couldn't have shown a video of eliza playing her dollar 91 thrift store hannah montana guitar and Mm -hmm. singing a song that she wrote yeah she wrote it Like she was like, oh yeah, I wrote that, Mama. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh well, okay. <laughs> so like, it, it gives people a chance to see that part of their growing up, mm-hmm. and that means so much to me because I grew up near pretty much all of my family, mm-hmm. unlike um, our aunt and uncle and cousins who lived far away in Florida. It, you know, we only got to see them once or twice a year, and it was like, who are you? <laughs> Wait, you've changed so much since the last time I saw you. Like, you never knew what was going on with them, mm-hmm. and now with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of that shenanigans. You barely go a week without seeing something from somebody or them seeing something of yours. Mm -hmm. And even though we're not physically close, we're still – I actually feel a lot closer to a lot of my family. Mm -hmm. Not as close as others, but (laughs) hey, they're not online. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, like that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I remember when when I was a kid, uh, we – well, uh, for one, to keep in touch with family members who lived out of state or whatever, you had to call and it it was – a long distance call which mm-hmm. meant it costs money so mm-hmm. to have a 20 minute conversation it costs like 15 or 20 bucks or something like that it could yeah yeah, yeah I, for, I forget what the, the rate was it went down it really changed. quick in the 90s too yeah. uh, but I so it was either have a really expensive phone call write a letter and wait days for it to get <gasps> the there Christmas letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the or, Christmas letters or what we used to do with my, my grandma and uh, grandfather was we would fax them because you know a fax, you had a fax uh, well my dad did uh, oh. for his, his work and stuff like that so we would fax them and you know a, a call to do a fax was a minute so, or two so it was a lot cheaper than having a full phone conversation wow. my grandma actually wrote me like a parody version of the nightmare before christmas for my birthday one year complete with clues to go around my house and find the present she had sent that's cool yeah it was cool okay I, that's cool i had the little roll up of fax paper for years i lost it somewhere along the way it probably faded anyway because that kind of paper you know loses uh with heat and everything okay so my last point one of the the last reason i think things were better then is people online were way less cynical than they are now i you know the internet was new it was fresh there was all sorts of information we hadn't had access to before so uh people were freaking out going and reading like rugrats episode guides because they existed and they were amazing because 
we didn't have them before. Uh, talking to people from across the world or across the world from your den was new, and everybody was loving every second of it. Okay, I didn't go online and read Rugrat episode mm. summaries, but I, I didn't. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you had your own things that you searched for. That was just my my right. example. No, no, I understand that that was just your example, but yeah, I feel like um. Unless I needed to get online for homework mm-hmm. and I was like the first person to have a computer mm-hmm. woo woo in second grade. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. I went online to talk to people. I went online to relax. I did Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Like that's not – Well, that's fair. And that's why I included the talking to people across the world. Yeah, that, sort of that was too. pretty much like the only thing. But I mean mm-hmm. that's what I do now. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what the Facebooks and the Twitters are mm-hmm. is that's how I talk to my friends and go, hey, let's meet up for coffee next Friday. Okay. Well, that's kind of always always the way you kind of approach we approach the internet. Whether it's then or now, it's it's a medium for education, it's a medium for social, it's a medium for basically everything except interaction face to face. Right. <laughs> you know. But a lot of times now it's used to set up those face to face. That's how mm-hmm. we find out about different events and programs and like that's how you can I don't know. That's how you know like different things are happening mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and let's see here. I I'm uh, checking uh, the chat room here you're checking the tondagasa chat room the tondagasa chat room <laughs> uh yeah but uh he says uh for one uh goddess he likes it better now uh more communities and faster is better uh but he does miss how new and exciting it felt then and the chat rooms were fun the chat rooms were a lot of fun i must be like the only person who didn't hang out in chat rooms really i didn't do that yeah, that's I, not a part of my growing up. I had a with within like six months of us getting CompuServe. I had I had a online girlfriend I met in the chat room who was like three years older than me, and I told her I was her age. Of course. And then she was all into Conan O'Brien. So I was like, I'm into Conan too. I'd never seen Conan before. And I could never catch an episode because my mom kept catching me trying to watch it. But see right there. I mean, that's not a positive thing. You're purposely lying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because of that on an anonymous, mm-hmm. whatever. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, she knew my real name and everything. Oh, but you told her you were three years older. I did. I did. So, and you lied to her about your interest. You, how is that? How is that fun? Well, I mean, what what you know, eleven or thirteen or, or thirteen year old boy uh, doesn't do that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying dealing like, with romantic things. I don't think that's an online thing necessarily. I think that was more of being a teenage. I, there was boy. a better chance of me lying in person than lying online. Well, I was. I was I mean, I think uh, that had a lot more to do with uh, me being a 13-year-old boy with a, a 13-year-old boy who weighed 350 pounds with a girl who was interested <laughs> than right. it, it being online necessarily. But no, a really good conversation. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Okay, so what's our, our next our box, Our box. Bring out the box. The game box. You yeah. don't have my camera on. I know, right? The, the game, game box. box. Now, tell us, tell us what's in the game box today, Emery. In the game box, Casey reviews a game system that will let you play all of the old retro games. Then Bill attempts to teach a youngster about technology from his day. And we're going to keep it retro here with the game box. So enjoy, and we'll be back in about 10 minutes with uh, hopefully Father Robert Balliser. He hasn't uh, added me on Skype yet, but we'll get there. Fingers crossed. Everything old is new again. That adage could not be more true when it comes to the world of video games. Back in the 80s and 90s, video games were everywhere. They invaded pop culture in a way that hadn't ever been seen. 1985, Nintendo released a game called Super Mario Brothers. Some people say that Super Mario Brothers single-handedly resurrected video games after the infamous crash of 1983. Nowadays, while there are an influx of next-generation games and systems flooding the market, retro video games are giving the big boys a run for their money. The only caveat to this revolution is the sometimes astounding prices gamers have to pay for classic video games and systems. Nowadays, an original Nintendo Entertainment System can run upwards of $50. And while there are an abundance of classic games for dirt cheap, there are an equal amount that are very expensive as well. Rock 30 Games has come out with an economical way to play your old, or new as it may be, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Genesis games all in one console. The new Rock 30 Games branded Super Retro Trio from Retrobit 
brings the three classic consoles together for a low price of only $69.95. The console itself is built well. You may imagine it would be a feat of engineering to shove three consoles into the space of one, but this console does it beautifully. It has a standard RCA connection on back for video and audio, and even includes an S-video input for older TVs. The nice part about this Super Retro Trio is not only that it has doors for all three consoles, which cuts back dramatically on dust and other dirt getting in and ruining the console, but each bay is labeled with which console it is, making it much easier to know where to put each game. You may think I'm joking with this feature, but I have had a triple loader console in the past, and it took just a little bit of trial and error to figure out where games go. The other nice feature this console has is the ability to actually turn the console itself off. Other triple loader consoles don't have that option, and you just have to unplug the console to turn it off, which may ruin games. The front of the console has another door that protects the controller ports and video switches. You can plug your original NES, SNES, and Genesis controllers in and play it as though you actually had an original console. It does also come with the controllers that can be used for any of the three consoles. The one gripe I do have about the console itself as a whole is the switch in front that controls whether you're using the NES, SNES, or Genesis controllers. It's a nice feature, but shouldn't be standard. Plus, if the switch is on Genesis and you want to play the NES, you have to switch it or else the controller won't work. That, again, took a little bit of trial and error on my part. That switch alone, though, does not detract from the fact that this is a great console. It's built well, has inputs for NES, SNES, and Genesis controllers, and can even play import games. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give the Rock 30 Games branded Super Retro Trio console 4 out of 5 stars. Super Retro Trio is available at Rock 30 Games or online at rock30games.com. Liam Meeks, welcome to Universe Box. It's really fun being on Universe Box for the first time uh, ever. It's really fun having you on Universe yeah. Box for the first time. This is yeah. my son, Liam, and he's he's a newer kid. How old are you, Liam? Six. Yeah, so he's pretty new to this earth, and uh, I thought it would be fun to go back and look at some old technologies, show them to him, and see if he knows what they are. So uh, why don't we go ahead and play the game, Liam, stop messing with the microphone. And now we're going to play Guess the Gadget. Liam, are you excited? Yeah! Whoa, why are you exci- so excited? Because I'll get to see old days technology. Oh yeah, well, that's what we're going to do, huh? What do you think this is? A musical instrument. A musical instrument? Like, what kind of musical instrument? Uh, well, I don't know every musical instrument. <laughs> eh, nope, you're wrong. It's an envelope licker. This what? invention, w- which was by Reynolds of Chicago, was a byword. Hey, dude, stop messing with the microphone. So basically what it does is it has like a little wet cloth in there that licks the envelope, and then it has another thing that mashes it down close. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, it's really interesting. All right, on to the next picture. On to the next picture, <laughs> right? What do you think this is? A person. I, well, not not the not the person. What he's wearing on his hand there. A technology glove. A technology glove. That's pretty close to the actual name. What do you think it does? Uh, dun, 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 dun. It's hard. I'll give you a clue. This is an early version of a toy that you use all the time now. A game-playing glove. Yeah, it's the Power Glove. It was a controller for uh, the original Nintendo, you know, Super Mario Brothers, uh, the NES arcade game we have, or the Nintendo arcade game. Yeah, and also Skylanders, Swap Force. (laughs) Yeah, but you could use it uh, as motion control. You could kind of bank your hand left and right to to run fastwards and backwards, or forwards and backwards. And how do you... Use it to attack in Skylander Swap Force. You don't use it with Skylander Swap Force because it's for the original Nintendo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it look a little bit like a Wiimote to you? Yeah. Yeah, see, the the, this, the one side here looks almost just like a Wiimote. Yeah. Yeah, the, con- the same arrow controls. What do you think this is? A watch. A watch? You're wrong. You know what this is? What? It's an early GPS. Basically, 
Yeah, basically what you did is they took these miniature scrolls that had directions and maps to where you were going, and you put them in this little device, and you mounted it on your dashboard. And then when you were driving along, you just uh, turned the little crank. Uh, when, you, when you made a left onto Maple Street, you turned the crank to see where you went, were going next, or you know to see the map or whatever. But it never really caught on because not a lot of people got them. I've heard of scrolls before wizards used some. They do, but not to drive. (laughs) (laughs) And the scrolls that wizards use have very strong spells. (laughs) What do you think this is? A wind system. A wind system? Like to create the wind? No, like an air system. Oh, like an air conditioner kind of thing? Or an air cleaner? Nope. You know what this is? What? It's a device called the clapper. <laughs> Basically what this is, it's a it's a noise noi- or a sound controlled uh, on and off switch. So you you take this, you plug in a lamp or something to it, and then when you're sitting there watching TV and you're getting really tired and you're like, I'm going to fall asleep in my chair, you just go and it'll turn on or off for you. These were really popular back in my day. Whoa. <laughs> would you like a clapper? Yeah. Yeah? What would you do with the clapper? It would be easier to, like, turn off your comp- the TV. I was going to say, don't turn off my computer because then this video will stop recording. <laughs> Can you pull up some computer technology now? What do you think this is? Like, one of those things you, like, do this with to flatting sheets. Or an ironer. No, it's not an iron. It's not a clothing iron. I'll give you one more shot. Can you give me a hint, too? It was in Back to the Future, too. In that in that uh, retro store that Marty went into. Which was ironically I... in 2015. This is... And it was one of the most popular household appliances when I was growing up. Ooh. It's called the Dustbuster. Oh, the Dustbuster. The cool. Dustbuster. It's a handheld vacuum cleaner. Whoa. What is this? Is it from Back to the Future? I think I think there might be some of these in Back to the Future, maybe. Oh, I've seen it in the video game. Oh, yeah, it's probably part of the video game. Huh? Do you know what they're called or what they do? Well, they make electricity. Oh, no, this isn't one of those. Oh. This is a different thing. Oh, antennae. These are bunny ears, which was basically an antenna. <laughs> and it's called that because it, it pokes up with two ears like that, right? <laughs> you think that's funny? But bunnies are really cute. They are. Okay, Liam, last item, last gadget. What is this? A printer. A printer? So it's printing out that black thing? Wait, what is the black thing? Oh, it's a. It makes ta- like those whole tapes. Uh huh. Yeah. What, what are those tapes called? Well, I don't really know <laughs> at all. Okay, so what do you think this is? If that's a tape. A tape recorder. Nope. Close though. This is a tape rewinder. What we used these for was back in the day, like, you would go to a video store to rent these tapes, right? And you you had to rewind them before you returned them or they would fine you. So a lot of people said they could, you know, pop in the next movie while because it took a while for the tape to rewind to get back to the beginning of the tape. So yeah. it would take, like, two or three minutes. So they could Ooh. pop, they could put the tape in this and rewind it while they started the next movie. Whoa. Pretty smart, huh? Yeah, could people afford to buy any back in your day? Yeah, they were more expensive, though, for sure. Oh. Did you enjoy all the technology we got to see, Liam? Yeah. Yeah? What was your favorite item? The tape rewinder. The tape rewinder, but that's the last one we saw. I mean, we had the uh, the bunny ears, the robot, the oh. armatron, the well, dustbuster. The, well, all of them, I really All liked. of them? Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, thanks for joining us. (laughs) Okay, I guess we're (laughs) out. Uh, See you uh, tomorrow, Emery. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and sorry for the uh, live video users if, if uh, the audio ducked there a little bit. I think Skype does something weird with the audio ducking, but <laughs> good news is we have our guest on the line. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Father Robert Balliser, Padre SJ, the digital Jesuit. How you doing? Hello! I'm fine. I, I have a bunch of my co-twits flying drones behind me because that's what they do, but uh, other than that, pretty good. <laughs> Oh yeah, because if, if you're not familiar with uh, Father Robert, he works. He hosts a bunch of shows uh, on Twit.tv, a, a netcast network of sorts. Uh, so he's all hip to the technology and everything. Uh, so uh, Father, uh, Father, Padre, uh, Robbie, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, since we're talking <laughs> since we're talking about retro tech this week, why don't we start off and uh, what do you what was the first time you remember ever using a computer ever? Oh, it has to be. Uh, so I, I I grew up in the Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. uh, and we were not a wealthy we were not a well off family. So the way I got my tech was my brother and I would go dumpster diving. I'd, mm. you know, we'd crawl through the the refuse the. The old computers, the junk that uh, a lot of the Silicon Valleys would throw out, and so I, the very, very first computer I ever had was it was like an it was pre Altair. So the way that you would program it, it, it had a row of nine switches, and you would set on or off for uh, uh, for the, the bits. So you could set one byte of code, and then you would hit the execute button, and that would commit it to memory. And you had to do this until you had a program. So that and the programs only had some lights that like you could make blink on the top of the box. So that was. <laughs> My very first computer, uh, not exactly powerful and not exactly like an immersive reality type thing. Oh no, definitely not. I not one of those uh, UIs like they have in Jurassic Park either. I, so, no. <laughs> when is the first time you remember getting online? Now it doesn't have to be you know the web or something, but first time remember getting on the line. Uh, I can actually tell you exactly when. That would have been 1984. I had a 300 baud modem. Uh, it was an acoustic coupler, so I don't. I don't even think it got 300 baud. And the mm-hmm. idea was you had like a little rubber set that you would put the phone handset into, mm-hmm. and you would lock it in there. Then you you dial the you would have to dial the number on the phone. You the computer wouldn't dial it for you. And <laughs> and then when it heard the tones, it would try to establish a connection. And it was to a BBS, a bulletin board system, a <laughs> nice. very old school. Yeah, was, you know, the, a bunch of geeks like myself. We would set mm-hmm. up bulletin board systems. I I had a, a one phone line bulletin board system uh, that you could call into and then i expanded it to two phone lines but it was very touchy because the one the primary phone line was the main phone line for our house so anytime someone would pick up (laughs) (laughs) and the second line i actually stole from our neighbor so whenever they went away for vacation and they went away a lot uh we Mm -hmm. ended up being a two-line bbs but it was amazing because you got to see people doing things they would they would download these huge at the time huge files of like you know 20k that would take a long time to get (laughs) Uh, and uh, yeah, that that was my first experience of, of being connected to other people. I, now BBSs are, are one, one of my favorite things to do on BBSs back in the day was I hit up uh, door games. Like my favorite personally was a uh, Legend of the Red Dragon. Uh, what was your favorite door game, or do you have any favorites that you can think of? Yeah, though, I can't I can't remember the name. It was it, it was like Star something, not Starcraft, but Star uh, Trade Wars. Trade Wars. That was it. Mm. Uh, Trade Wars. It was a it was a, an RPG, massive RPG. So you could play with multiple players everyone would make their move and then at the end of the day the clock would advance and all the moves would be played out mm-hmm. uh, so I, I i got addicted to that and it was one of these <laughs> things where th- this was like the the, the the precursor to farmville where if you did not log in at least every day and make your move you wasted your move and if you wasted enough moves everyone would just gang up on you uh, oh, so geez. yeah that uh, tradecraft showed me that you could have some sort of interaction competitive interaction with other people that that's yeah, it's going to be my, my first. <laughs> okay, now I, I know these days you're really big into the drones and everything. What, what was your favorite non-computer gadget back back in the day? Ooh, good question. A non-computer gadget. Yeah, I mean, it could have um, like microchips in it or something, but not like a, a computer related. A toy. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you, you know, actually, I know what it was. Uh, my father traveled a lot when I was a kid. Uh, he, he'd do business trips all around the world. And one time he came back from Tokyo and he had this, it was like a, um, uh, like, you know that game that they they play that's like Plinko where the balls fall down and mm-hmm. they could go into different slots? So it was kind of like that, but it was, it was more geared to children. So it had different slots. It was like a Rube Goldberg machine, <laughs> um, and I remember this. This thing was cool because it it was kind. It was semi handmade. I don't know where he had gotten it, 
Uh, and my brother and I probably spent the better part of a year modifying this thing into this huge Rube Goldberg machine where the balls would go to other rooms and then come back. Uh, and uh, yeah, it had nothing to do with computers. So it was all done with gears and with belts and with pulleys. But uh, it, it was fun because it did teach you logic. You know, if this happens, then this happens. If that happens, then that has to do it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I, I, I want to remember the name of it. It had like a cat on the box, uh, <laughs> but I, that might just be a Japanese thing. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, first website. What was the first website you ever created? Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, this one's easy. Uh, Dr. Rosenblatt, who was a professor of, over at the University of Santa Clara, back in 19... Or I'm going to date myself here. 19, um, <laughs> a, uh, nine, 1997, I started helping her, uh, and I made a very simple web page, HTML page, for her department over at Santa Clara University. The very mm-hmm. first web page I made for myself was probably a 19... Uh, oh gosh, 1990. Oh, sorry, no, 1992. 1992. Oh, wow. And I remember because I, it had all the flat, every flashy icon I could think of, <laughs> under construction icon, an animated GIF was on there. It was, I mean, if I, I wish I had a copy of it because I could look at it and go, yeah, that's that that spells douche. That's douche. <laughs> that's really the douche right here. Nice. Yeah. And I, there, I think most web pages until like 1998 or 1999 were basically archives of animated GIFs. <laughs> And the cat. Yes, the and cats. and the cat. And the hamster dance. Uh, they were all, they were all versions of the hamster dance. Yes. <laughs> the the hamster dance was amazing. One of my favorite websites. And I trivia, that song that plays in the <laughs> hamster dance, the That's from the Disney animated Robin Hood. Yes, it is. The movie opens with that. Uh, now, uh, on our on our soapbox segment a few minutes ago, Padre, we were we were talking a little bit uh, about the internet now versus the internet then. I uh, what what do you think some of the main differences are in the internet between now and back in like say the 90s i think there's a little delay okay i will say what it's not uh the difference is not porn because internet has always existed Uh, uh, porn has always existed on the internet so we'll just get that out of the way um I mean, it's all, it all comes down to speed, really. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at the internet back then, the internet back then was, it was GopherNet, right? Mm-hmm. It was FTP. It was, it was people knowing command lines so that you can get files off of remote servers. Now, everything can be graphical because the speeds are so tremendously better. Uh, I, you know, I, I, back to my, uh, my first online experience with a 300 baud modem. By the time we had moved to the internet, I was still using a 14.4 or a 28.8 modem. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, 28K sounded like a lot then, but here at the Brick House, we've got, We've got, what, two 10-gig lines? Um, <laughs> and that just really opens up the possibilities of what you can do. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I, I was making the point a, a, a little er, – but I, I was making the point a little earlier too that, yes, uh, the speed is helpful and all that rich content coming down the pipe is very helpful. But it also is kind of an attack vector it points to with a JavaScript and everything. But uh, let's see here. Amory, did you have any questions uh, for Padre? I don't think you guys got to talk at no, all. No, I really didn't. This is my first interaction with Padre. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I No, I wasn't able to okay. really. Well, sorry padre i i think we are working with a little bit of a delay here i probably because we're streaming out at the same time and we don't have 10 gigabits coming coming in here but where can people find you online you can always find me at uh, twit.tv so if you just go to, to twit just like mm-hmm. it sounds dot tv you're going to find the network and I, right now i do four shows i do this week in enterprise tech on mondays where we get to talk about uh, data centers and basically how the world is connected on tuesdays i do what's called padre padre's quarter it's like a variety show. It's basically anything that interests me that week. That's what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Starting in March, I'll be taking on another show, Before You Buy, which is our product review show, and I think I probably have one more left in me. Uh, so yeah, twit.tv. Also, you can find me on Twitter. Just go to twitter.com and uh, look for Padre SJ. That's P-A-D-R-E-S-J. Uh, you'll find out whatever I'm doing. Not not just here on Twit, but mm. around the world. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you again so much for taking the yes, time to join you. us today. And uh, I'll, I'll be in touch with you a little after just, just to say thank you. Uh, more personally everything but now i'm gonna ha- hang up on you bye padre bye padre thank you so thank much you. <laughs> yeah that was fun uh minus the little crash we had in the stream yeah, there but that's that. okay you know it's a work in progress we're still working out the technology and everything and as we here. pointed out we don't have the hardcore uh, internet that the brick house has <laughs> yeah and I, I i think i think uh you're supposed to have a separate computer for skype and stuff but i was like hey oh. let's roll the dice and see if it goes it, it went pretty okay wait we made it most of the way <laughs> okay so we have one more box oh, left here one more box well two more boxes two but more boxes. One more for this episode. Yes. 
Okay, next up Ready? we have Set? the mailbox. mailbox. <sighs> You're, I was even like presented it properly. Oh, and I didn't have the camera. No, I'm you never so with the in Amory cameras black. It'll, it'll take a second. It should pop up here, maybe. <laughs> nope. Technical issues. It happens. No, but the, the mailbox, mailbox. Uh, where you guys write in and you let us know about what you think about that week's theme. This week, retro tech. The emails universeboxshow at gmail.com. The Twitter is at universe underscore box, which we've got a lot of uh, comments on home uh, yes. after the home episode, which have been great, which is too. awesome. And uh, the Facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2355. Two. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And uh, first up, we have Bobby. Take Bobby! it away, Bobby. Retro tech, I've decided to talk about a piece of tech that was a bit ahead of its time. Just about every TV you're going to buy today is going to be connected to the internet. You're going to be able to surf the web even, uh, play movies off the internet, browse, shop, visit Facebook, do whatever you want to do for the most part uh, on your computer. But I was doing all of that back in 1996 with a device known as the Web TV. The Web nice. TV. It was known as Web TV, and it was great. All of my friends had computers, but this is how we surfed the internet at my home. We could just pop right down on the couch, turn on the TV, and start surfing. It let you do everything you wanted to. You could like build websites even on like Angel Fire and GeoCities. Yes, that's how old this was. Angel Fire and GeoCities. But it also allowed you to surf what was available on the internet at that time, which of course was not uh, near as vast as it is now. But it was the internet. It even had a webcam where you could uh, video chat with other people who had webcams. Now, of course, again, this was 1996, so the dialing options weren't all that great. I believe 56K was one of the options, but it it definitely delivered what it promised. It was a great and easy way to surf the web and to do most anything you wanted to do with, you know, of course, it didn't have the processing power of the hard drive on a computer, but this wasn't for people who were looking for that. This was a $200 set-top box, more or less. Almost as if their thing was like they were going to turn the internet into cable. This was, you know, it was the next cable. This was going to be your set-top box. And they were doing all of this in 1996. (laughs) So yeah, it was a bit ahead of its time. I believe Microsoft later bought the the, uh, technology and named it MSN TV. Mm-hmm. And it existed until, I believe, uh, sometime last year, two thousand or no, last year, the year before last, in uh, 2013. So while, alas, web TV is no more, every time I turn on Netflix on my TV or browse the internet while I'm sitting on my couch, I think of web TV. Hi, Bill. Thank you very much, Bobby. And yeah, I remember uh, web TV was something I wanted so bad until... I could get it, and then by then I didn't need it anymore. Nah. You know, but I, I, I remember uh, my parents got it when I was in college and stuff. I remember oh, going they? and visiting their house and, and playing with it a little bit. It was nice. It was nice. It could could have because I don't think it had a mouse or like maybe they had lost the remote that functioned Probably. as a mouse or something like that. Yeah, I never had one. So the the control was a little weird, but I, it, it was good overall. Okay, next up is Nicole. Take it away, Nicole. Hi, Bill and Ann Marie. This is Nicole from Ohio. Um, and when I first thought of RetroTech, the first thing I thought of was my very first time watching Star Wars. Um, I was born in 1982, so I wasn't out watching it in theaters. On its I was too, by the way. First run, <laughs> and I was old enough when the I was uh, old enough that my first time seeing it wasn't the specialized editions either. But um, we didn't own it at home on VHS. We owned it on an RCA Select Division disc. Um, if you don't know what those are, uh, I didn't know anyone else who owned this at the time. But uh, basically, it was a plastic sleeve that was about the size of a pizza box, but it was about a half inch thick. And inside the sleeve was um, a disc, and I had to look it up. But um, basically, it was read kind of like a phonograph record. It had a groove in it, and um, but it was all protected inside the sleeve. And then when you wanted to watch your movie, you turned on the machine, which was kind of spotty in how it worked. But you in- put the sleeve in, and you waited a little bit till you heard this whirring sound. And then you kind of pulled the sleeve out and left the disc in the player. And then you could watch a movie for an hour, because that's all that would fit on one side. So you'd have to take it out, 
flip it over and put the other side in to watch the rest of the movie. And that is how I watched Star Wars for the first time when I was, oh, I don't know, I was probably a teenager, but um, fell in love with it that way and then um, went out and bought the VHS because it was a little bit better quality. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and my parents, are, my parents' house still, um, they still have that RCA Select Division, and they have boxes of 8-tracks, and underneath their television that no longer has a VCR connected anywhere to it are shelves and shelves of VHS tapes where they have taped shows off of the television that they probably have never watched for a second time. So, um, yeah, that's just my thoughts on RetroCheck. Thanks a lot. Bye. Uh, very nice, Nicole. I, I'm trying to pull up a picture of, of the uh, Select Division, the RCA Select Division here. Here, I found a, a picture of the disc I'll show here real quick on, on the stream. Uh, let me find it here. Oh, my. Yeah, but a very, very kind of futury looking, too. That is. Yeah. I, I kind it's of, almost creepy. Yeah, it's like halfway between a record and laser disc or something, I, I guess. Oh, the laser discs. They'd roll yeah. in the TV. And, oh, yeah, with yeah. all those science slides and the colorblind uh-huh. test. Uh, <laughs> colorblind test. Yeah, we for our science class, we did uh, colorblind test on laser disc for oh. some reason. I don't know. Probably a little overkill, right? Okay, our last voicemail here is from Tim. Take it away, Tim. And Marie, Bill. This is uh, Tim from uh, Ontario calling you. Uh, so it was 2001. Uh, I would be 10 years old then because I'm uh, you know, 23 right now. And uh, I got to meet uh, Bill Gates, the president of Microsoft. Now, the reason why I got to meet Bill Gates uh, is because uh, I helped the Canadian National Institute for the Blind test a... Uh, website that had uh, all uh, digital content uh, for the blind and visually impaired and was specially designed for uh, accessible use. And, uh, you know, I guess the reason why this is uh, retro tech is because, you know, it involved, uh, you know, XP uh, laptop rather than Vista laptops or Windows 7 or 8 or however many Windows there are laptops. Uh, And uh, also because, uh, you know, there's huge uh, exciting opportunities for uh, the blind nowadays. You know, you can go and you can find, you know, 10 or 12 or 13 or 20 uh, blind gaming websites out there. Uh, I use, you know, one of them that I like and, uh, you know, as to digital, uh, you know, uh, book availability, uh, you know, that has definitely exploded since uh, 2001 with things like the Kindle, with things like Audible. Uh, And so, you know, it's just interesting to look back then and, you know, look now and see how much the the internet has changed because, uh, you know, of technological advancement. And, you know, in uh, in like even 20 years, I I just... (laughs) It blows the mind of how of how much technology will advance and how much it already has advanced. And I just wanted to, you know, throw my two cents worth in as uh, a blind person who uses accessible technology. Um, I hope you get this message. Uh, if you don't, I might try and call again over Skype. Uh, so this is Tim. Uh, I've been a first- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Thank very you much, Thank you so Jim. much, Tim. And I was thinking before we read mm-hmm. um, Michael's letter, we should probably show off the retro tech that we have in the studio today. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have the uh, the Sony Mega Something Watchman. Another? I have no idea. Over here, which is basically a combination of uh, radio and TV. By the way, thank you very much, yes, Tim. Thank you, Tim. I, Sorry. I, I chat with Tim on Skype on occasion. He, oh, he, do you? He's, he's great. He actually taught me about that they do basically audiobook versions of TV shows for the blind. Oh, that's right. Which yeah. is really cool. But yeah, this is a combination radio slash television. And then a, we give have... Him, give, him a, give him a camera. With Emery Cam... This is a phone. Old style phone. If you would have seen the three-year-old with this, let me just say, <laughs> he picked up the wire and said, Mommy, what's this? And I couldn't – I was like, it connects to the other part. Mm-hmm. And then he tried talking to it. He said, this needs charged. <laughs> <laughs> It's broken. I'm like, it's not broken, sweetheart. Yeah, I'm trying to see here. I, I know we got some... Uh, there were some really good tweets. Yes, from Casey Friels and Bobby Hawk. I think I think Bobby Hawks was the uh, web TV, but let's That's see it. if I can find a couple more of these. Lots of uh, uh, retweets for 
Us. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. TV. Oh, that one was awesome. Okay, let's. Uh, it was hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, here's a here's a picture from the opening day for Windows ninety five. That, that guy Casey, was really excited. Casey Friel <laughs> sent in uh, Bobby's Web TV. Um, let's see here. Oh, Bobby also sent in this fun smartwatch <laughs> that has like a, a full keyboard attached to it, which is. <laughs> I guess that was probably like a to put your planner information or your contact information oh. or something. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and look. Uh, oh, yeah, Casey. Retro that. consoles that Casey founded uh, his local shop in Nashville. That's hilarious. That's Super his shop. Fun. Yeah. Very, very fun. Oh, that's oh. a spoiler. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> they, thank you guys for sending those in. And we're going to wrap up with a letter from Michael Lucero, who, uh, by the way, he, he put a letter in last week about home, or rather it was an excerpt from a novella of his. And I, I, he didn't include the links, but he include, he sent us the link this week. It's intracoastal-wandering com slash bog blog rather <laughs> a bog slash bog polywog in a bog <laughs> and but you can find uh, the link for that in the show notes at universebox.com for episode two retro tech as well but michael says as to my first memory of using technology uh it would probably be in computer class in second grade we learned on apple computers which is strange since i never buy macs anymore and feel like they are a foreign language whenever i use one today agreed michael uh but the thing i remember most about computer class was playing the oregon trail not the original text-based one, but the deluxe one where you could actually use your cursor as a crosshairs to hunt game. Uh, the game was supposed to teach you about history, the dangers of traveling in the past, and, not like Doctor Who traveling in the past, but traveling while living in the past. And especially about overhunting and resource management. If you hunted too much in one particular place, you'd get nothing but squirrels and <laughs> those few and far between. Of course, while I find these Squirrel. lessons admirable today, they didn't work on me as a child at all. I wouldn't, I would always kill as many buffalo as I could, even though one was like 500 pounds and you could only ever use 200 pounds at, the, at a time. The Internet Archive actually released all these old DOS games on their site so you can play the game today and relive your childhood. And he includes a link here to archive.org. We will also include that in our show notes. I'll try and throw the game up here real quick if I, if I can. It's nice. going to load. Here's the Oregon Trail I have to Deluxe. be the only child who doesn't remember playing the Oregon Trail. Oh, that's cool. It's using DOSBox. I remember I doing like, math machine. games. <laughs> but uh, – Michael mentions that he played the game on here and it didn't seem nearly as challenging nor take as long as he remembers. Yeah, he got through the game in about an hour with only one death in his party uh, from a snake bite. I, I he remember I remember it taking a, about a week's worth of I remember it taking about a week's worth of computer classes to get through a single game and often you would lose to people to uh, cholera or dysentery etc. Uh, and uh, unfortunately it did, it failed to load uh, probably because I have a uh, ghost on or something. But uh, there well there's my retro technology moment. Sorry if it got too long. Can't wait to hear episode two. Take care, Michael. Thank you so much, Michael. Yes, thank you very much, Michael. And I I guess I. Uh, you know, we want you to submit your stories for ne- next Absolutely. week's episode because it's super important. The uh, emails universeboxshow at gmail.com. The Twitter's at universe underscore box. The Facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box. And the voicemail is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Okay, so I guess, uh, well, uh, let's see. What, what's in the box for next week, Anne-Marie? I don't think it's done the way it's done. Yeah, we didn't uh, nope. put the thing in there did we what's in the box oh now you give me the camera on the one <laughs> what's in the box is supposed to be cookies but we forgot to put cookies in but we forgot the show. to put cookies work in, in progress people highly conceptual highly exactly. conceptual no but next week we're exploring sweet round things that's right they we're don't ta- have to be round not all cookies are round very true we're talking cookies have a favorite recipe what kind of cookies did your grandma make make tell us your cookie stories uh, to get included in the episode and were we you a girl you. scout Tell us your first experience about selling Girl Scout cookies because it's Girl Scout cookie time. I'm jumping on him while he's trying to read things. Ha! In, in, in fact, we w- <laughs> I, I almost insist someone writes in with that story. Just make it up. Bobby. Bobby Hawk. Don't know. No, Bobby. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. So uh, let's uh, do some uh, takeaways here right oh, at the okay, end yes. about retro tech. What, retro. what have we learned today about retro tech? Well, uh, we've learned that technology is more advanced now, but that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't necessarily make it better. It does yes, in some it ways. It's better. Does, in other ways, maybe not. Back to the soapbox. A lot of today's technology <laughs> owes a, a debt of a debt to novelty gadgets from the past. Early web communities were something special that aren't around anymore, and we likely won't get back. No. And uh, the past informs 
influence the future. So this stuff is super important to learn about. It's not just nostalgia or living in the past. It's history. And it's important, especially as we become uh, more and more, become more and more internet citizens. Interesting. To understand the history of the internet and what came before, to be good internet internet citizens now just like to be an american citizen and not know about the cuban missile crisis i feel like you've taken this on a very serious turn that i wasn't prepared for well that's what the takeaways are for okay retro tech <laughs> we had a- i'm like i'm here ta- ready to talk <laughs> about some cookies <laughs> oh yeah well i'm very excited for the cookies i'm episode. so excited Although, we really diet- want somebody to send in cookies oh we yeah want to- yeah can you put up the thing i don't i don't have the thing to put up but you I, had it I, on I will, the twitter i will look it up here okay um so here's what we want for next week. And yes, mm-hmm. I know we sort of already covered this, but you can either send us a recipe and I am going to make somebody's recipe mm-hmm. for trying on the show. It's not on the, okay. Um, or can you t- call us, send us a video of mm-hmm. you making your cookie? That would be cool. Or you can send us cookies to there. Yes. To send the, us the cookies. The P.O. Box is Universe Box, P.O. Box 2641, Ackworth, Georgia, 30102. And you can find all this info, all, all of our contact information at the site universebox.com. Just click on contact there. And yeah, send us cookies. It'll send us fun. cookies. We want to try them. Definitely. Okay. I, I, like, I, I can have a nibble of each one because of my, my diet. My I know. Diet. You can have like a bite. But it, it'll be fun. It's it'll fine. Fun. I'll, I'll eat all I'll the cookies. Enjoy, I, I'll lick all of the cookies. I'll be 700 <laughs> pounds by the time we get to the next episode. Okay. Emery, where can people find you online? <laughs> you can find me um, on Twitter at AMDSimone or at CCHC blog where I talk about things that are crafty and crunchy. Excellent. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks and you can follow my superhero adventure uh, books series dog boy adventures at dogboyadventures.com there's in the second one there's a character named Applebottom, which is a very silly name which is why you should buy it <laughs> and you can also check out both of our other podcasts at legendsofgotham.com where we talk about the fox show gotham and greetings from storybrook.com where we talk about the abc show once, once upon, upon a time. time okay well i guess that's about it for episode two join us next week for cookies and until next time remember, remember to, to think, think outside, outside. We're changing. Stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe box.